0: Welcome to episode 7 of We F'd Up. I am Teresa. And I'm Cody. And we're here to tell you about all of the times in history when we F'd Up. And there are a lot of them. So here's our 7th episode. What are we talking about today, Cody?
1: Uh, we're going to talk today about uh, a, a dude by the name of Louis the Pious.
0: Louis the Pious. Not pies, but religion. Yes. Oh, that's unfortunate.
1: Pious is in... You know, monks and religion and stuff, not pies and yum yum.
0: As in yum yum. Yeah. (laughs) That's the (laughs) You could have said pie as in pecan, pies as in or pies as in Well, I I didn't
1: want to prejudice against any sort of pie. You know, they're all a lot of them are good.
0: They're not sentient. Pies are not sentient. So you can't be prejudiced against a pie. Yeah,
1: whatever. Anyway. (laughs) Oh
0: my god. So Louis the Pie... Louis the Pious. All right. So, what's up with Louis the Pious?
1: Uh, well, before we get into the actual uh, 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 details of Louis, I have to give you some context. Okay. Um, And I'm gonna start by defining what the Roman Empire actually was, because there are a few different entities you would call the Roman Empire.
0: That's weird yeah okay. it, I just thought it, it was an empire.
1: It's confusing because there's several different ones and I'm gonna like try to clear that up because you know you kind of have to know that going into this
0: okay
1: So the Roman Empire um, the original empire it started in uh, the first century BC
0: uh-huh.
1: um, and it through several centuries you know the government itself kind of evolved and it divided itself into east and west a few different times. Okay. Uh, and it finally permanently divided in 395. So you, now you have the Western Roman Empire, and you have the Eastern Roman Empire. The Eastern Roman Empire we already discussed in Episode 2, mm-hmm. when we talked about Emperor Maurice. Okay. That's the empire he ruled, the Eastern Roman Empire. Okay. That's the one that's centered around uh, Constantinople, what is today Istanbul. And uh, that's the one that lasted until 1453. Okay. The Western Roman Empire, that's the one that collapsed within a century. That's okay. the one centered around Rome, around Italy. Uh, it's gone by four seventy six, so it doesn't it doesn't last really hard for even a hundred years after the permanent division.
0: So, what happens to the people who live in the Western Roman Empire?
1: Well, I mean, I mean, they don't all die off. They they just it's just different people ruling them.
0: Okay, or the their,
1: cult, their cultures change and such. So okay. it, it's just you know. Breaking up into several different states.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't know if they, like, all... If it was, like, the breakup of the Soviet Union, where they all ended up being their own separate countries, or... Uh,
1: Kind of, but, like, the Western Roman Empire just recedes, like, the authority just kind of evaporates and fades away.
0: So they're not the big boss anymore. No. (laughs) Okay.
1: There is a third Roman Empire that I have to bring in here. Uh, The Holy Roman Empire.
0: It's not the same?
1: It is not the same. Oh, boy. That's, that's why I'm explaining all of this, this at the start. Is,
0: this is why I failed all of my world history classes. Uh, I didn't fail any of my world history classes. But I'm sure, I am positive that I have interchangeably used Holy Roman Empire and other Roman Empire uh-huh. probably incorrectly.
1: The Holy Roman Empire, it uh, it went through f- several different evolutions over its history. It lasted for about a thousand years. okay. Uh, probably a little bit shorter than that. Um, it was mostly just a federation of, or what would kind of later become a federation of German states, like different duchies and archbishoprics and like counties and all the undefined kingdoms, like all these different German states.
0: This is a part of the show where Cody makes up a bunch of words <laughs> duchies, arch- <laughs> archbishoprics. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a real word. It is a real word. <laughs> Archbishoprics?
1: Yeah, cuz archbishops used to rule like city-states like sure. sometimes, especially in, in Germany. But is like Is that uh, one
0: word, archbishopric? Yes.
1: yes. But like like Bavaria, Prussia, um
0: King uh, of Prussia, uh,
1: Württemberg, like Hanover, like all these different German states. They're not like a unified Germany. They wouldn't be like a unified Germany until the 19th century. Okay. But uh, before that, they were just like kind of a federation of all these different German states—that's okay. the Holy Roman Empire in it Germany. Is, uh, yeah, it's centered. It uh, basically centered around Germany, or would be.
0: What? Yeah, this is blowing my mind. I have so no idea. well,
1: so um, so it's not a direct continuation of either the Western or Eastern Roman Empires.
0: It's totally separate.
1: Totally separate.
0: Why is it called the Holy Roman? I get into that. Okay.
1: So the Roman Empire, like all the various. Iterations of it were ruled by the Roman Emperor. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, Even in, the Holy One.
1: Yes, they were called the Holy Roman Emperor. The difference is, they were elected by some of the most powerful of these German states. Okay. Uh, later on, it became kind of uh, uh, just a sh- just a show. Usually, it, was, it would become hereditary. Um, But especially in the earlier years, it was elected. Um, And we'll get into the first Holy Roman Emperor here during the course of our story. Okay. But just know, when I say Holy Roman Empire or Holy Roman Emperor, I do not mean, like, the Empire of Augustus or Nero or Marcus Aurelius or Commodus. I don't mean that empire. Okay. So. Weird. Well. uh, Yes, and, and... I'm just trying to make it as clear as I possibly can because I know it is very confusing. It is. Yeah. So anyway, now that that's out of the way, going way back, uh, the Frankish people, or just called the Franks, they were a Germanic people uh, who were first mentioned in the Roman sources in the 3rd century. So they're like this uh, quote-unquote barbarian tribe that came into Central Europe. Uh, and encountered the Romans. And they were made up of... It just a just uh, an ethnic group made up of several different tribes. But they were nomadic. They came in to Europe from
0: from the east. They were made of money. That's what the French dollar used to be, was a franc. <laughs> so they're just coins rolling down the hill <laughs> coming for the... C- coming for the Holy Roman Empire.
1: I'll cut that out, don't worry. <laughs> Please do. Um, as Roman... Uh, authority in well the 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 Franks they came into it mostly into an area called Gaul
0: uh-huh
1: which is modern day France uh-huh uh, just, just think of it. just modern day France as Roman authority in Gaul collapsed the Franks set themselves up in a region in northern Gaul, in northern Gaul called austrasia
0: They had the Gaul
1: <laughs> you are so proud of yourself aren't you <laughs>
0: They had the gall to come into
1: call. Listeners, please, under no circumstances, <laughs> say that that was funny. Because this will only encourage further horrible, horrible <laughs> jokes like this in the future. But let's be honest, she's going to keep doing that anyway, so...
0: Just, I don't need encouragement. I think I, I'm d- funny as hell.
1: Exactly. Well, you and nobody else
0: two other people think i'm funny but that's it
1: well two out of eight billion people on the planet i'm good to go um <laughs> so,
0: closer to eight billion than zero if we're rounding up so i take that as a compliment <laughs> It's
1: not that's not how math works yes it is anyway this is Australia. it's this area here it's just like this little plus sign area here okay so yeah you have like mats and cologne a few big cities but like kind of like northern france western germany like uh, netherlands belgium that area okay so this is the area where the franks uh settled down
0: okay uh
1: and they settled down under under king clovis the first beginning like this kingdom of the franks
0: Mm -hmm.
1: over the last few centuries uh clovis and his descendants who are called the merovingian dynasty
0: (gasps) merovingians there's a merovingian and the Matrix.
1: God, I was hoping you would have forgot that. that we would <clears throat> no. not have to deal with that movie.
0: No, I I would never forget that. It's so special. I
1: wish I could. Um, anyway, Clovis and his descendants, the Merovingians, not that dude from The Matrix. Well,
0: con- how do you know? He's French. He has a French accent.
1: <laughs> they conquered most of the remainder of Gaul. Uh, but the Merovingian kings, they slowly lost power to the holders of a position called the Mayor of the Palace. Uh, which is a, a position just in charge of the palace household. Mm-hmm. So, like, they ran the the day to day operations, like the
0: head butler or something.
1: A little bit more than that. Uh, kind of like you know what a major domo is.
0: I feel like I've heard the word before.
1: It's it's kind of someone who's like runs the operations for somebody, like in, oh. like their business operations. Business like, manager. Yeah, kind of like that. Okay. By the early eighth century, the mayors of the palace were the ones that were really in charge. Okay. Uh, they're just writing things behind the scenes. No, most notably under a man by the name of Charles Martel. Okay. Uh, he was called, uh, nicknamed the Hammer. <laughs> well, uh, he, uh, just a little side note, this has nothing to do with the story, but uh, this is kind of interesting to look into. Uh, he stopped uh, the, because uh, the Muslims had like uh, started to come up through Spain, mm-hmm. um, and he defeated them at the Battle of Tours, I think it was. Yeah, Battle of Tours. And uh, that essentially, like, is credited with like stopping any sort of like Muslim incursion into Western Europe. Oh, weird. Yeah, okay. it stopped them at the Pyrenees between France and Spain. Dang. Yeah.
0: Well, good on you, Charles Martel, mm-hmm. I guess, for those people.
1: Um, Martel's son Pepin the Short uh, <laughs> deposed the last Merovingian king in 751. Most of the kings around this time, they weren't called like one, two, three, like that. They were just kind of given nicknames.
0: Pepin the Big-nosed.
1: I don't believe there was one of those, but... Pepin the Toothless. No. No.
0: Well, Are there any The Toothless?
1: Not that I'm aware of, no. But anyway.
0: What about The Simple? Man, yeah. we, our listeners can't hear that you nodded. You have to say yes. Yes. Wow. There was
1: a Charles The Simple, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Um, That's bad. Yeah. Well, some of are the, they're, they're not... A lot of these aren't flattering. Um... <laughs>
0: <laughs> so were they were they known by that like while they were alive or is this something that we just kind of attribute it was after probably the Probably
1: something more like the lower like the people were like, look at this with the short over there. But they were never called that to their face. Man.
0: So yeah. it was like a bully name.
1: Well, if you're a crappy king and you're oppressing the people.
0: Well, were there any that were named like Reginald the Tall? There were or- some,
1: there were some. I mean there's so many different uh, cognomens over the years Richard that Richard Lionheart. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Is that real?
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like hey Is that the Braveheart one?
1: Uh, no, that's King Edward.
0: Is that that's the Robin Hood men in Tights one?
1: Yes. I got it.
0: Patrick Stewart. He came he came home. Anyway. <laughs>
1: Ow. Damn it! <laughs> That's what you get.
0: Punch myself in the ear.
1: That's what you get. Anyway, Pepin was not Pippin. Pepin um, was succeeded by his son Charles in 768. This Charles, you, you, I imagine you've heard of
0: Charles the Flatfooted? Of course, of course, I've heard of him. Uh,
1: he he was Charles the Great, or as he's more commonly known, Charlemagne. Charlemagne.
0: <gasps> I knew it.
1: Yes. I got it. Charlemagne. Yes, Charlemagne.
0: I uh, saw a coin with his head on it one time.
1: You're about to see another one here. Oh, <gasps> dang. Because here is.
0: I'll just go ahead and show you now. Yes. Yep. Very attractive. Yep. <laughs> Weird coin.
1: Yeah. Um, Charlemagne he further expanded the Frankish kingdom, uh, pushing it to include northern Spain, northern Italy, most modern Germany, along with several bordering client states. Let me show you a picture. That whole the whole colored area here and here that's the that's Charlemagne's kingdom,
0: including the the striped area or no
1: the uh, the striped area. These are like the dependent states, like client like puppet states or client states. Like he exerted a great deal of influence over them, or they were. Like his vassals. Oh, okay. So, like, northern Spain, France, Belgium, the Netherlands, uh, much of modern Germany, Czech Republic, Switzerland, Aus- Austria, even into, like, the Balkans a little bit, mm-hmm. northern Italy, like, this massive, massive area.
0: So, it's basically.
1: Western, basically, all of Western Europe.
0: All of. Except
1: for, like, southern Italy and the Iberian Peninsula.
0: Yeah, and. Obviously, Great Britain and Scotland. Yeah, well,
1: they're not on board this time. Yeah. Um,
0: I feel like they would beg to differ.
1: They would probably. But
0: anyways, the, so most like most of the central landmass of Europe mm-hmm. is what we're talking about here, yeah. just minus Spain, southern Italy, and Great Britain. Yeah. Dang, that's a that's yeah. a big area. It's,
1: yeah, it's a very large kingdom, especially for like this time. Uh, are these the modern cities uh yeah so like here's Paris um
0: I saw Ravenna Bordeaux Venice there's
1: Rome Venice well Venice isn't actually really see like it's not colored in here yeah. it's, like, it's a little independent like Milan uh, Salzburg Strasbourg. so
0: Cologne.
1: yeah so so there's a lot of um uh, it covers just like this this massive, massive area. Dang. Uh, Charlemagne's achievements led him to be crowned Roman Emperor, or really Holy Roman Emperor, in the year 800 on Christmas Day.
0: Dang. Supp-
1: the, the the legend has it he was caught by surprise and was unaware that he was going to be crowned this, but there's no way he didn't know or, or arrange for it.
0: He was like, oh, look everyone, Merry Christmas, I'm King now, or Emperor, or whatever. Yeah.
1: And the, the title of Emperor still held a great deal of weight, because uh, it was still associated with, with Rome and with great glories of the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no one in the West had had it since the Western Empire collapsed in 476, so no one's really had this title in the West for over 300 years.
0: Okay.
1: Um, he was crowned directly by the Pope, uh, which is where the holy part of it comes in because crowned by the Pope. Sure. And Holy Roman Emperors in the future, part of that is, like, to be Holy Roman Emperor, you have to be crowned by the Pope. Oh. So, okay. um, that kind of fell off, like, in later years, but for now, yes. The so, reason...
0: So, crowned by the Pope, does that just mean that he had to put the crown on him? Yes. Oh,
1: okay. Basically saying, like, I am receiving... It's a way of saying, like, I am receiving this title and this authority from the messenger of God on Earth. Dang.
0: Well, that's intense.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, the reason, um, another reason why he, why he was able to claim the title of emperor,
0: because
1: mm-hmm. over in the Eastern Roman Empire, there's already an emperor, or, or the position of emperor. Sure. So, at this time, though, technically, there is no Roman emperor. Okay. Because the Eastern Roman Empire is ruled by a woman.
0: Ooh, so she.
1: Empress Irene.
0: Was that allowed?
1: It was the first time it had ever happened.
0: Okay. Why? Uh, why was she uh, em- impressed? Well,
1: I don't want to get into that. that's a whole thing. Like, oh, I don't want to get into that because it's not really relevant to our story. But
0: Did she marry into it though?
1: I don't remember offhand, but it, it really it, like uh, how she got there is not relevant. But um, so she basically so like at the time in the year eight hundred, technically there is no Roman emperor.
0: Oh, There's okay. No so he's like, oh, cool, I can fill yeah. those shoes. Technically
1: the title of emperor is vacant. And oh. also, because they believed, well, she's not legitimate because she's a woman and women can't rule. Well, that's a whole thing. Yeah, that's, but, um,
0: a, that's a common thread in so many of our episodes is because women have periods and cry. Pretty much. So,
1: so he takes the title of Roman emperor uh, to give his rule further legitimacy and prestige and say like I'm bringing I'm bringing this title back to the West where it belongs.
0: Why Why would he think that that's where it belongs?
1: Because he has Rome.
0: Oh, yeah. okay. I'm getting my cardinal directions messed up. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay.
1: Um. And at this point, there's not really a specific name for all of Charlemagne's realms. Mm-hmm. It, it's because. The title, like, he was just given the title of Holy Roman Emperor. Mm -hmm. The Holy Roman Empire itself Mm -hmm. doesn't really come into existence for about 150 years.
0: So, he's like, what do I call this vast area Uh, that I control?
1: Historians typically call it the Carolingian Empire.
0: Mm. I was going to say Charlemagneans.
1: (laughs) No, but, uh, well, (laughs) Carolingian from the Latinization of the word Charles. Yeah. So... Um, but at early Char- after his grandfather, Charles Martel.
0: Charlemites. Charlemites. Charlemanyites. Carolingian's
1: <laughs> far easier to say.
0: Oh, uh, um, cool.
1: Charlemagne, uh, he had between eight and ten wives or concubines.
0: <laughs> He's like, I don't know. It's Thursday, man. I could have eight. I could have nine. Who knows? Like concubine is such a terrible word. Why is concubine a bad I know, word? I
1: just feel like it's like
0: rinks up there like horror jeez I feel like concubine though was a was a kind of a high place yeah in this time like uh, it was it was like it's yeah it's, it's a dirty little secret but also we're gonna, these are kept women it's just one of those words
1: though you know I prefer mistress or something eh, regardless um out of all those he had several children but only one surviving legitimate son our refer-upper for today Louis the Pious
0: Louis the Pious yes
1: uh, and just to fast forward a little bit, he would inherit the entire kingdom upon Charlemagne's death in 814. Mm-hmm. Now this time the Franks, and many other groups around around this time, they practiced divisible inheritance. Okay. So if any of Louis' brothers had survived, the realm would have been divided equally among them. There okay. would not have been, it, basically the whole country would have been broken up into separate, separate kings. Like yeah. one for each of them.
0: Like uh, Will now.
1: Uh, yeah, exactly mm-hmm. like Will. It's... Well, we'll we'll see. Like, why that's not exactly a great thing to do when it's when you're you know willing an entire country to somebody.
0: Yeah, that's fair. So at least Louis wasn't called though. I was thinking like Louis the Pious. That's not so bad. I was like <laughs> he could have been Louis the Idiot or.
1: Well, there were some called the stupid or the Lu- simple or...
0: Louis the Bald.
1: Louis the Evil. There is a the bald later on.
0: Wow! In yeah. this story.
1: Yes. <gasps> yes. If I remember correctly, yes. I'm going to
0: think about him as Patrick Stewart.
1: Okay, sure, that helps. (laughs) He's bald. Um, A little background on Louis. Uh, He'd been born in April 778 in modern Poitou, France, to to Charlemagne and his second wife, Hildegard.
0: Hildegard, my favorite name.
1: Uh, he was crowned king of Aquitaine by his father in 781.
0: What's Aquitaine? Aquitaine,
1: it's like this region. Here, I'll show you. Here, it's uh, this area over here, like uh, southwestern France.
0: Hmm, okay.
1: Like, have you ever heard of Eleanor of Aquitaine?
0: Mm-mm. No,
1: uh, she's a later, like, uh, French and English king, like, or queen, like, much later on, but okay. she's from there.
0: Um Yes.
1: Uh, in keeping with Frankish custom, Charlemagne had begun to divide his realm amongst his sons, uh, naming Char- or naming Louis's elder brothers, Charles and Pepin, as rulers in different areas of the empire.
0: Okay. Before um, he died?
1: Before. Uh, yeah, yeah. So
0: basically, he was carving it up in anticipation of his own death? Yes. Okay. Yes.
1: Uh, with Charles intended to become emperor. Mm-hmm. So, like, Charles would be like, you know, they're all. It'd be like first among equals type of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Louis participated in several military campaigns at the edges of the empire, uh, most notably against the Muslims in Spain and southern Italy.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but his elder brothers Charles and Pepin they died in eight ten and eight eleven respectively,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, leaving Louis as the sole heir to Charlemagne, uh, who named him his co-emperor in September of eight thirteen.
0: Was he were they did they die of natural causes, or did Louis poison them because he wanted to be? the king by himself I,
1: doubt. I can't remember if they died in battle or died in natural causes but mm. the point being they died
0: so not poisoned
1: no. <sighs> oh, bummer. Okay. Uh, Charlemagne, well he's pious he's not going to poison anybody
0: uh, <laughs> pious could have just been the bigger of the two attributes of Louis you can be a pious poisoner <laughs> but it, that, that's not that's too Louis many syllables Oh, man. Uh, but if I ever get to have a the something, can I please be Teresa the Poisoner?
1: Well, you have to poison people first. How do you know I haven't?
0: Yeah. Check your drinks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That came out of the tap, I think.
1: It came out of your Brita bottle, somehow. Oh, know. okay.
0: Probably no poison, but I would Probably. really love to have a really cool, like, badass the something instead of, like, Teresa the Flatulent or... Teresa the Cackler. Teresa the Gassy. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. That's mean. Uh, Teresa of stupid jokes.
1: That's probably more accurate than most accurate. Thanks. Teresa the Unfunny.
0: Jeez.
1: Anyway, Charlemagne, he died in January 814, a few months afterward, uh, leaving Louis as sole heir. Okay. Just a little silent. Louis was called the Pious because he built many churches and that kind of thing. So just he's called the bias.
0: They should have called the what's the guy that built all the libraries in America?
1: I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: He was like from the early twentieth century and he was really rich and he built a lot of libraries, not Rockefeller, but like of the same ilk. And they call them something libraries. Like Carnegie? Yeah, Carnegie Libraries. Oh. They should have called him what was his first name? Andrew. Should have called him Andrew the Learned, because he built a lot of libraries.
1: Andrew the Stupidly Rich.
0: Well, also, just because somebody builds a bunch of churches doesn't necessarily mean that they have anything to do with religion.
1: No, but anyway. Uh, When he came to the throne, Louis had three sons. Okay. Lothair, Pepin, and Louis. God.
0: What is with this? These people have no imagination. It's like, please, come up with a different...
1: I'm gonna have a little uh, cognomen for Louis, just so uh, to separate him. Uh, Lothair, he was born in 790. Uh, Lothair, Pepin, and Louis, who we'll call Louis the German.
0: Louis the Dr- German. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he Louis the German?
1: Because he ruled Germany.
0: Oh, okay. I was uh, like, he's not from Germany. They were
1: born in 795, 797, and 806 uh, to Louis and his first wife, Ermengarde.
0: Oh, man, Hildegard is better, but Ermengarde's up there.
1: Um, and, he, and he would go on. To have a fourth son in 823, named Charles the Bald. Yes, Charles the Bald, uh, with his second wife Judith, because oh. Ermengarde had died in 818.
0: R.I.P. Ermengarde.
1: Yeah, and that—that's going to present a problem, because you notice, like, his last son is quite a bit younger than his yes. other three sons.
0: Yeah, like and, 20s.
1: And he's the only one born after Louis comes to the throne.
0: Okay. So he's the only legit one? Well no,
1: they're all legitimate. Oh, okay. But he's the one the first one that comes after he comes to the throne. Like and like nearly a decade after he's been on the throne. Jeez, okay. Um a little bit more about Louis. Uh, Louis he Louis the Pious, he lacked Charlemagne's military or political skill. Uh, just wasn't as astute, wasn't as good at uh, running the army. Uh, one tactic that Louis used to remove his rivals was to force them into monasteries, like to monk them.
0: <laughs> you monked. Yep. yep. And screw you, you monked. Yep. Wow. Um, <laughs> it's just funny that like that was his punishment because it's like you know monks can leave. It's not prison.
1: Well, it probably back then, and also was implied like, well, if you leave, we're gonna we're gonna kill you. This is your one chance to be alive.
0: Jeez. So, so like, wow. That's pretty well,
1: crazy. Just sit there, eat your cheese, and drink your beer. Sure. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> re- and, and, you know, read your books. Steve said, read your books, now Because you're, you you're going to be one of the only few people who can read books this time. That's so.
0: true. But you're also going to have to slavishly make... More, slavishly. Slavish, fl- slavishly. Slavishly. And
1: flagellate yourself and such.
0: No, no, wear, no. I was just saying... hair shirts. <laughs> I was gonna say that they have to make the books. They're like slaving yeah, away making they the books. Have to
1: transcribe them.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of work. It yeah. Takes a lot of time.
1: Yep. Um, oh
0: yeah, the new printing press yet.
1: Uh, Louis's nephew Bernard revolted against him in 817, but he was defeated and blinded. Uh, Gosh. And later, dying of his wounds. Cause Man, this is a this blinded. is a common
0: theme. Everybody's getting blinded becoming yeah. monked.
1: Yep. Uh, afterwards. Uh, Louis decided, you know, I should probably, you know, settle the succession. Because, you know, all my sons are coming of age. So he sets up his, at the time, three sons in positions of power. Lothair would be king of Italy uh, and co-emperor. Okay. Pepin would be king of Aquitaine. Okay. And Louis the German would be king of Bavaria. Okay. So.
0: But is that all of, was that all of the, like, area?
1: Uh, most of it. Mm. Uh, I mean, of course, he could always modify it over time, but basically, it's also a way to, like, train them.
0: Because okay. you're just like,
1: okay, you run this little bit of the country over here. Well, that way you get the experience you'll need later on to rule a larger area.
0: Oh, okay. I see.
1: So, uh, kind of like, you know, ruling with training wheels.
0: <laughs> this is your training wheel, wheel area. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about all these people's lives it, and livelihoods.
1: It, 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 it's kind of similar to, like, you know, uh, having, like, uh, voting for somebody who's actually held elective office before because that way they know, have a sense of what they're doing, Mm -hmm. instead of electing someone who's never held office before in their life.
0: You have to cut all that out. What?
1: I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, um... What a putt. Louis, uh, because he was pious, he felt bad that he uh, had Bernard blinded and later killed, uh, so in 822, he officially performed penance for killing or for having Bernard blinded and later dying. Which he,
0: what does that mean?
1: Uh, basically, they would ato- basically like it's the official acted of like to atone for your sins type of thing, like grovel in front of the bishop, basically beg for like that kind of thing.
0: He's like, I'm really sorry, I didn't mean to.
1: But I totally meant to. Yeah. But I'm really sorry.
0: And the bishop is just like. I've heard your pleas for mercy.
1: And I've also taken your big sack of
0: cash. <laughs> and I forgive you. Yes. And so does God. Yes. All your sins absolved.
1: Yes. Uh, but, and your cash. <laughs> but that kind of lowered his standing among the Frankish nobility. Because it's like, why are, you, why do you feel bad about killing somebody who revolted against you? That's what you should do.
0: Oh my gosh. Like, what a double-edged sword. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, I need to gain favor with religious people, so I'm gonna apologize to the bishop. And then everybody's like, Wow. What a what a, what a wimp. I was gonna say the P word, but you you're not supposed to say that anymore.
1: Pirate? Why <laughs> can't you say pirate anymore? Yeah,
0: wow, what a pirate. Why would anybody say that? I don't know. Potato <laughs> Now you're being purposefully obtuse.
1: Anyway, uh, in 823, as I mentioned earlier, Charles the Bald was born. Remember, Charles
0: the Bald.
1: Um, I'm sure <gasps> Charles he
0: wasn't. <laughs> Hi, I'm Charles the Bald. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was pretty good. you go to stupid school. <laughs> Charles the uh, Bald. It's just Charles Barkley wearing a crown. Man, you're dumb. <laughs> Shaq, you stupid. Now, this is just a. This episode. You're a damn just, fool, Shaq. Sure, this episode has just devolved into a bunch of Charles Barkley yep. anecdotes.
1: Anyway, um, I'm sure he wasn't born bald, but.
0: Who, Charles Barkley? <laughs> I'm sure he
1: wasn't either. Um, but.
0: I mean, some babies are born bald.
1: Charles the Bald. Uh,
0: we got a photo? Know, he, was, he was
1: born in. Here, I'll show you. Let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. actually, I'll just go through all these people. That's Louis the Pious.
0: Oh, he's not a baby though.
1: No, there's Lothair. Okay. There's Louis the German. That's the best picture I could find. <laughs> it's a, a coin. Yep.
0: It's a, you know what. And there's for-
1: Charles the Bald, notably not looking bald. He's
0: wearing a toupee for this portrait. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: it's probably like you know he didn't want to be depicted that way. So, and if you're the court painter and the king tells you, "Don't you dare paint me as bald." You're probably not gonna paint him as bald. Yeah.
0: I mean really the their their style of painting then, anyways, was uh pretty rudimentary at this point. Yeah,
1: it was not very realistic.
0: Um also Louis the German's coin for a coin, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. The impression is fairly accurate. Yeah. Comes close to our money closer to our money than many other coins, so yeah. anyways. Yeah.
1: Um but anyway, the birth of Charles the Bar- Bald. Bard. Charles the Bald in eight twenty three brought some strife because Louis had to find a position for him. Oh, okay. But doing so would weaken the standing and the territories of his other three sons.
0: Wow! So they were real jelly. Yep. They're big jealous.
1: And they promptly launched into a series of civil wars
0: against their dad. Yes. Wow.
1: Because they don't want this other.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about sibling rivalry.
1: Yeah they yeah. are like
0: we want to keep all of our land, and yeah. no, we We no. were we
1: were promised this, and we don't want it reduced. So yeah,
0: Charles the Bald's like I'm a baby.
1: Yeah, he, he yeah he's an infant at this time. Leave me so. alone. But uh, the bunch of civil wars erupt over the next decade. Um, Pepin, remember his second son Pepin. He died in 838. Okay. Uh, causing some more instability in the succession. Oh boy! Because now he has the two older sons and Charles.
0: Well, he could couldn't he just give Charles Pepin stuff?
1: Well, that's I'm getting into that. Okay. Um, Louis uh, he defeats his sons in the civil wars because he's the emperor. He's um, the dad.
0: He's like, listen to me.
1: On May twentieth, eight thirty nine, he divides his realm amongst his remaining sons, and this is where he f's up. Oh. And this will become much more apparent, much like towards the end of the story, and you'll see why.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, Louis the German, as earlier, he received Bavaria. Okay. Lothair received Italy and the central part of the empire. Okay. And he would be the emperor. And Charles received the west.
0: Okay. So Aquitaine. Uh,
1: Yeah. More of that. Well, I'll show you that here more. Okay. Uh, Louis successfully enforced this order by July 839 and ended the last civil war of his reign. And in June 840, he died.
0: Dang. Okay. So he's like, wrapped all that up, and now I'm dead. Yes.
1: And... So this is where it's divided. This is how it's divided.
0: Lothair. Okay, so Charles yeah. has like all of Western west. France.
1: Louis has like this section. Lothair has this weird, unwieldy country.
0: Okay, but it's like part of the Rhine, part of the Rhone.
1: Y- yeah, basically, Charles gets everything west of the Rhone. Louis gets everything east of the Rhine, and Lothair gets everything in the middle.
0: Okay. Cool. All the way down In, into Rome. Including Rome, yes. In Corsica. Yeah. Um, they, they built the casinos there.
1: I'm just kidding. That's Monaco, isn't it? Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I have no idea what Corsica is.
1: It's an island. Uh, Clearly. Uh, so after after the death of Louis, the brothers promptly entered into yet another civil war. My God. Yeah, they just love civil warring. Uh, Lothair.
0: They just really hate one another at this point. Kind of. They're like, we didn't kill you. We didn't kill each other during the first civil war. Well, they want each other now. Yeah, let's kill each other now.
1: Uh, Lothair, as the emperor, declared his supremacy over his brothers Louis and Charles. Uh, Louis and Charles they team up uh, and, and they, smush him. and they defeat Lothair at the Battle of Fontenay in June eight forty one.
0: They just smushed him.
1: And Louis and Charles declared Lothair unfit for the imperial title in a document called the Oaths of Strasbourg in February 842. Okay. This document is significant since it's the oldest surviving document written in French.
0: Oh, interesting. Yes. Okay. And they were just like, this dude is so stupid. Um, he can't even stand Well, sit well it's, on the more, phone. it's more they just
1: like, are, we're declaring you know, our oaths to each other against this guy because we think he's unfit or whatever, so. Um, but yeah, it, it's the first, it's the oldest surviving example of any document written in. I think like technically like old French because you know, French in the ninth century is not French in the twenty first century. Sure, it's like English, similar to English. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, it's the oldest document because French it, def- it descended from Latin, right? But the Franks were like a Germanic people, so you started having like Germanic like influence of Germanic languages on that dialect of Latin, and that kind of turns into French. Sure. I'm not a ling- I'm not a language historian, so I'm I just, I just know like very basic rudimentary stuff about it. So
0: I feel you want... like you have really oversold yourself, and all of our listeners are extremely disappointed at this point. Well, they can deal with it. <laughs> just <laughs> joking.
1: Um, if they want, I mean, it, as with anything we say on this podcast, if you want to know more, go look into it yourself. This is just to prompt the uh, uh, curiosity. You're
0: or... supposed to do all of the work for the listeners. That's the point of a podcast.
1: If we had done that, we would still be talking about Iran and Operation Ajax seven episodes in.
0: No. And I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> well, I feel There very... are plenty
1: plenty of books to read about that, so go investigate yourselves if you want to know more details.
0: Modern Algebra.
1: Huh?
0: <laughs> He's got this book called Modern Algeria, and every time oh. I see it, it's I think it says Modern Algebra... I'm like, why do you have a book about algebra? You'd hate math. It's Algeria. But it looks like algebra.
1: Well, algebra is a word descended from Arabic.
0: Yeah, but Algeria and algebra are two very different things.
1: They are. And I know that.
0: Language historian Cody Reynolds. (laughs) Thank you for that.
1: Anyway, the brothers come to an accord with the Treaty of Verdun in, eight, in August 843. Okay. If the name Verdun sounds familiar, it would be the site of a major battle in World War One, like, a, over hmm. a thousand years later. Yes. Okay. Which is interesting, like, interesting to think, like, these places that's, like, so far apart, that have, like, the historical significance, like, in two very different ways, and two very, di- like, a thousand years apart. Yeah, it's Which really is weird to weird. think about, because, like... More in the United States. It's weird to think, like a thousand years ago, you know, what was a like nothing was res- even resembling, yeah, modern, like anything in the United States was like, yeah, what it is today. Where it's like you know, no you buildings, to, uh, no uh, structures. Yeah,
0: there's great plains where we are right now. Yeah, farmland. Yes, mm-hmm. buffalo herding. Yes, Native Americans.
1: Native Americans. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, the treaty had the following terms: there would still be the emperor but it's just purely nominal mm-hmm.
0: it's
1: like it's just a for show title okay um he would be ki- the king of what would be called middle frank frankia okay it's so like that little strip of land i showed you mm-hmm. in that diagram earlier um louis the german would be king of east Francia, and okay. charles the bald king of west Francia.
0: okay
1: uh middle frankia which is lothair's realm it was very unwieldy uh-huh. Because you see, like it's just like this weird strip of land running uh-huh. from like the North Sea to Italy. It's also bisected in the middle by the Alps, uh-huh. so it's hard to get from the northern part to the southern part. It's, ju- into... it's just not a very stable okay. uh, uh, country.
0: So the, this was after the Civil War. They yes. decided he would have the center part.
1: Yes. Oh, because okay. he lost.
0: Yeah, I thought that the center part was given to him prior to the Civil War.
1: Well, it, it, it was, but like it, the, the borders shifted. Oh, uh, I see. Time, okay, so okay. and this just like confirmed every like you rule this, you rule this, you rule this.
0: Okay, no more fighting. Everybody right. agrees.
1: Uh, Louis before dying in September 855 continued the practice of dividing his realm.
0: So he divided it up again
1: between his own sons, Louis II, Charles, and Louis the Second. Oh my God! Yes.
0: So, no, uh, everybody's got the same name over and over and over again. Yeah.
1: Um, point being, it was divided up again um, into different sections among his three sons.
0: And this is how you get a bajillion little kingdoms.
1: Well, this is how you get kind of two countries in particular. Oh, and I'm um, here. Um, we go. Yeah. Uh, so Louis II, Second, his eldest son, received Italy and the imperial tie. So he he has just Italy. Okay. His son Charles received Provence, which is like a the area south of the Alps, it's not not Italy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And his other son Lothair II received the area north of the Alps. Okay. Charles didn't he died heirless and didn't in 863, so just Louis just kind of took his his shares. Yeah. Lothair died in eight seventy. His heir was out of the kingdom. hmm So his uncles, Louis the German and Charles the Bald, they just took his kingdom. <laughs> And, nice. the, and they divided it in the Treaty of Meersen in 870. And this division led to the creation of a border between West Francia and mm-hmm. East Francia. Okay. Does the name Francia look like anything else to you?
0: Yeah, France.
1: Yes. West... I,
0: I was, like, thinking so hard about this. I was like, I feel like this is a trick.
1: Yes. I West, don't understand. West Francia is the forerunner to the modern-day state of France. Okay. East Francia... Now, granted, it wouldn't be a unified country for another millennium, but it's the forerunner to Germany. Okay. So this is the first time where a border is created between France and Germany. Okay. And basically, since this time, for a thousand years, really ending only recently, in the past, you know, 70 years, how many times have France and Germany fought each other over that little bit of land on that border? This is the first time a border is created between a, a, a country that would be France and a country that would be Germany. Okay. Um, and this is how it basically ends up, so you kinda have a better understanding of a visual understanding of it. So that's Louis uh okay. the second, that's that's Louis the German, that's his country.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's Charles the Bald. Okay. And here's like how they kinda look modern day. Yeah. So, like, you see, like, this area here mm-hmm. that's been a constant source of conflict between various German powers and France for a thousand years. Wow. This is where that comes into being.
0: Yeah, because Belgium and the Netherlands isn't broken out yet.
1: Yeah. Um, and you also, this is also, like, remember I mentioned that, the, uh, the Oath of Strasbourg. hmm That's also, it, it was in the Frankish-Germanic language and French. Okay. Okay dividing the like separating those two areas like the eastern area and the western area from each other that also kind of leads to the isolation of those languages from each other. Okay. So like you have French becoming its own thing, you have a German language becoming its own thing.
0: Okay. Cool.
1: So that that also creates another divide between those two
0: mm, um I see those
1: two um states mm-hmm. or those two peoples. So the Carolingian Empire was briefly reunified under Charles the Fat. In 884.
0: Bully name, Charles the Fat.
1: And Steve, I know you just started Assassin's Creed Valhalla. If you play the second DLC, eventually when you get to it, Charles the Fat is the antagonist. But it was permanently broken up upon Charles the Fat's deposition in 887. It never, like, the Carolingian Empire never gets reunified. It's like all these different states, they go off and are their own separate things.
0: Skinny people hate fat people, that's why. (laughs) Um... I bet the person who deposed him was, like, Thomas the Skinny, wasn't it?
1: Uh, no, it was, it was Count Odo.
0: Count Odo the Skinny?
1: Not the guy from DS9. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um,
0: How do we know? Odo's a shapeshifter. He could have been there.
1: So, so Louis the Pious' decision to continue this tradition of breaking up uh, the Empire, even though he'd inherited the whole thing, and he saw that, like, hey, you know, maybe just inha- one person having this um, will work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it kind of gives the, his other sons you know the short end of the stick, but you know, pay them off or something, <laughs> or or be- or just like isolate them so much to where they can't even build a following to mm. overthrow to fight against their eldest brother or whatever. But sure. But his decision to just continue to break up and mm-hmm. break up and break up, it like destroys like this like. Unity that could have happened if this country, like if this one united empire, like stayed united Mm -hmm. for like a few more decades or centuries, like maybe we don't have. And as the languages like intermix, Mm -hmm. and more people like you know they 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 understand like you know are understanding one another, we don't have that millennium of conflict between the French and the Germans. Wow! That especially, I mean. Freshest in our minds is what happened the, the fight between those two in the 20th century. Sure. Um, fights. Yeah, fights in the 20th century uh, that led to millions dead
0: mm-hmm.
1: just in the 20th century alone. Yeah. Not to mention the previous centuries of conflict between the two that un- would have probably also killed millions. And maybe that changes the course of, like, it, does, it would certainly change the course of history for Western Europe. Wow. Let alone like southern, like we're let on the rest of the continent and the rest of the world. So, this decision to actually (laughs) treat all of his sons equitably
0: Mm
1: -hmm. really was kind of a big f up. Dang. Yeah.
0: He was like, "I'm doing what's best for my kids," and then the rest of history is like, "Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do that." And not, I'm not a language historian, but I can say with the small, small, small amount of French and German I know, they are two insanely different languages. Mm -hmm. German is all about harsh consonants, and in French, you almost never pronounce hard consonants. Mm -hmm. Like, T is just not even a thing. You say, like, croissant, like, you don't even say the T at all. So in German like everything is just completely phonetic and like super harsh. Uh-huh. So it's really interesting to think that at one time this was almost a com- like one unified or, area. I y- know that yeah. they had tribes and stuff but Yeah,
1: and and they were still like separate languages cuz sure. Frankish was a Germanic language and French was or what or proto-French I guess you could say was a Latin or a Romance language. Mhm. Uh, you, like you, uh, you know, you, you start mashing those two together for centuries and such, mm-hmm. and I, uh, you would have an entirely new language and probably sure. really like one unified people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, how, I mean, think of all the influ- different language influences of English. Yeah, and, and for for people who are there for a much shorter time, especially like you know the Vikings,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, the, the Anglo-Saxon invasions, like the Germanic languages coming into there. Like all these mixes and stuff, and like you create, what in many ways is a hard language to learn, but also a something that is unique. Sure. Um, and that's not to say that like we wouldn't have our modern version of French or a modern version of German, but we would, you know, maybe have a blend of both. Yeah. While still having those two separate, maybe and who knows? Definitely. But, yeah, so...
0: It's also a really large swath of Europe there, which is... I mean, to get from Spain to anywhere else in the country, which... Or, I mean, in the continent, which, as we all know, Spain never stayed in Spain. (laughs) Um, They wanted to conquest pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a really large swath of land to just go unchallenged to. Like, it's hard... That's a hard-to-defend area, because you have to get through there to go... To Britain, or to, you know, any of the, mm-hmm. the rest of Eastern Europe, so...
1: And who's to say, like, if it had stayed unified, like, maybe they invade Britain?
0: Yeah. Maybe, well, maybe they keep going. Because the landmass is huge. It's, yes. like, incredibly big mm-hmm. compared to Britain. It's, like, yeah. six Britons, yes. so... Tons of people. And, I mean, too, like, that they have a the prime spot to explore Western Europe, and also... To cross the Mediterranean. Huh. So, could have been interesting to see what they would have done in terms of exploration. Had it not been for... Well, well I say exploration, but more likely colonization in other places. Mm-hmm. Like, would England have become a giant colonizing country?
1: Would they become a colony themselves?
0: Yeah. Really interesting to think about. Yeah. This one guy was like, I love my sons. I'll treat them all exactly the same. And then the fallout, mm-hmm. World War Two. Oh man, that'd be a good like comic or something.
1: Yeah, maybe I'll go draw. It.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, Easy peasy.
1: You have more experience with that than I do. Hmm. Um, sources for this include uh, Jennifer Davis's uh, Charlemagne's Practice of Empire from 2015, uh, Johannes Fried's Holy Roman Empire from 2016, translated by Peter Lewis. Rosamond McKitterick's Charlemagne, The Formation of European Identity, from 2008. Janet Nelson, King and Emperor, New Life of Charlemagne, from 2019. John Julius Norwich's History of France, from 2018. Derek Wilson's Charlemagne, from 2007. And Peter Wilson's Heart of Europe, A History of the Holy Roman Empire, from 2016. It was interesting, like, in the sources, because there wasn't too much, like... Or at least, was accessible to me. Um, that was directly about the time after Charlemagne. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was just, like, mostly around Charlemagne, but it's, like, you kind of had to parse through, like, some of the background, and, like, sometimes there was, like, what happened after Charlemagne, so... Mm-hmm. A lot of this is still, like, based around Charlemagne, because he was such a transformative figure in term- mm-hmm. in European history, so I just I found that interesting. Hmm. So...
0: All right. What are we going to talk about next time on We F'd Up?
1: Next time, we're going to talk about why, as a country... You really shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket.
0: Please don't forget to check out our sister projects, or mostly my sister projects. Uh, the YouTube show, The Drunken Pond, which is produced by myself and hosted by our po- co-producer, Steve, on this podcast, um, where we drink beer and play board games. It's a great time. Uh, Attack of the Final Girls, which is a horror review podcast, um, which is co-hosted by myself and my lovely pod wife Juliet. Uh, three minute movies, which is a YouTube channel where I attempt to summarize and spoil movies in three minutes.
1: Please rate, review and subscribe to our show so we can stay on the charts. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at weF up. I'm Teresa and I'm Cody and this is We F'd F'd up. up.